listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Hey guys, um, as you can see, we didn't do a live show tonight, mm-hmm. okay? But we are still here. That's right. Yeah, we had to get our chakras in alignment. This is the Black Guy Who Tips with Rod and Karen, and we are here, not live, not live, uh, to uh, give you guys something special, though. Um, so if you guys know we've kind of restarted rebooted um reimagined <laughs> uh the lip smacking good spinoff podcast yes it's normally behind a paywall um mm-hmm. you know deservedly so i mean it's, it's very it's a very fun show um but um we're gonna actually give all you freeloaders a chance to hear what goes on behind a paywall with karen's uh very popular highly rated uh food culture show yeah and a hundred percent more ride and now with a hundred percent more me because i'm also on there <laughs> doing a little bit of talking um so yeah hopefully you guys will enjoy it um the format is pretty simple mm-hmm. we, we talk, we, karen does an intro we do a little bit of talking about um you know meals of the week mm-hmm. food that we ate i know you guys always see us thirst trapping on the ground <laughs> no with the with the food pics and then we talk about spicy news right and then after that we get into uh karen does an interview and uh this one was with adrian miller mm-hmm. the soul food scholar yes it was a fun interview so uh i hopefully you guys enjoy this um thank you for listening thank you for supporting um you know sorry we had to get our chakras in line and yes that, we did the, the power actually went out y'all we were sitting here and the power said Jew! i was like oh because i was about to ask him you won't do the show that power was like nah nigga and it was still raining and lightning i was like is the power gonna go out again and i got up at six at five a.m four a.m really to go play ball at five um you know which is my responsibility to the greater charlotte metro area because <laughs> what a lot of people don't know is every time i play basketball the crime rate goes down karen why because there's nothing else to do sal there's nothing else to do (laughs) when i traveled this morning i took a left step that was for the sun i took a right step that was for the holy ghost and Ah! then i stepped forward and that third step that was for him and then they called travel and i said my bad (laughs) um also this episode uh is uh sponsored as well guys i'll put it in the show notes um but in addition to y'all getting the the sweet ass free premium lip smacking good yes with the new theme song with the new theme song all throughout it it's a jam it's a bop it's everything yes it is uh, but in addition to that you're also going to be able to get 20 percent off of some pretty stylish athletic and casual wear from avery j clothing Mm-hmm. that's right today's show is sponsored by avery j clothing that's a-v-e-r-i-j okay the dash j um they specialize in stylish casual athletic apparel for everyone whether you're going out on the town or just getting down at the gym look your best with avery j clothing their website is avery a-v-e-r-i dash j dash clothing dot 
myshopify.com but i'll put the link in the show notes so that mm-hmm. it's very simple for you guys to just click on it and go to it and i have some stuff y'all it is super fly particularly for those of you that like yoga and you don't like to be showing your midriff it actually covers your whole body mm-hmm. hey but i done got grown now sometimes i take my top off and we just have to have to you just have to see the rows and then deal with it in your class yeah but when you don't want to show the rose or if you just want to be you know comfortable with some nice gear going mm, to and from mm, um looking sexy they got yeah they got some nice clothes for men and women ladies men everybody in between uh-huh. all kinds of styles. you're gonna have people gonna be like where you get that from yeah a lot of people just specialize in like shirts and stuff but they, i mean they do have they have yoga pants they have everything so uh in addition to all that for a limited time only they will give you 20 percent off if you use code tbgwt at checkout 20 percent off that's avery j clothing um avery a-v-e-r-i dash j dash clothing dot my shopify dot com and the link will be in the show notes yes all right without further ado let's go ahead and get right on into uh lip smacking good all right so until next episode i love you i love you too everybody welcome back to another episode of lip smacking good where the motto of the show is if your lips ain't smacking it ain't good and i know y'all was jamming to that new intro song we got because honey i was clapping my hands and bopping my beat to i mean bop my head too because honey it is a bop so i thank you everybody uh the people that's been around for a long time and the uh, new fans to the premium i'm glad you're here and we're ready for a ride uh, on this episode, I talked to Adrian Miller. He's a soul food scholar. I had such a ball with him on this interview. Uh, we talked about him being a lawyer, a barbecue judge, and y'all know I'm from the South. I love some barbecue. So we went through like how it is to be a judge, the different types of barbecues, how it is uh, when you're a judge, what are you looking for, and and you know what kind of education do you have to have to be certified for that. So we went through that with him, and he's also an author. He um the book that he wrote uh, he went through all of the cooks and chefs for all of the presidents up to Obama, and so it was uh I had a great time picking his brain and and a lot of historical historical facts about uh people and you know we talked about some of them being slaves and the black people so it it, it was really really fun and we talked about so much more stuff so we have a a fun packed episode for you guys uh and also uh 
the next thing we're going to talk about y'all i told y'all we're doing this segment thing happening mm-hmm. here you know this is new for everybody and i'm here yeah so you know you got a hundred percent more rod every episode now <laughs> 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 so he's here with me so we got segments now so we're going to do a uh, meal of the week and then we're going to do that spicy news spicy news yes and then we're going to do uh the interview so uh sit back enjoy the ride and uh welcome to the brand new formatted lip smacking good all right let's talk about our meal of the week meal of the week feel like meal of the week should have music all right Um, we we got to get a song right uh but meal of the week look we're so greedy and it's been like three weeks since we recorded i know we have like three different meals y'all i know we was trying to should we do one should we how many should we do right we so we'll run through these um there were three different places i also like to think that this for premium folks and for people that are coming to see us live in september mm-hmm. hopefully you guys are getting suggestions of where to go now last time we did kindred which is a bit it's out in davidson it's like 30 minutes away from charlotte but yes. really good meal oh it's excellent and today we're doing three other uh meals um so the first one we went to roosters at south park Mm-hmm. now roosters is like a chain quote unquote but not like a chain is in like a huge big it's kind of upscale um and it's uh a bit pricey you know i say yeah um like we spent a grip up in there but we had a good time um we really did y'all um so i don't remember the name of the drinks we had um but, but we did have a couple of concoctions you know what i'm saying <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm in my has some strawberry in it uh but uh yeah it was it was so good um, it was really really good and like it's located in south park by the mall mm-hmm. by um obviously by like cowfish yes it's actually um, right across the street from cowfish right um and uh sushi guru which is another place mi- another place yeah. we love to go I about to say, that one might be coming up soon too yeah that might make a meal of the week one of these days um so yeah it was it's it's so uh it's so good but the drinks were delicious i don't think you can go wrong with any of the drinks Mm-mm. and the way they do the meal the menu is very simple it is you don't get it's not a ton of choices not that you're at want for like choices but there's not a ton of choices and it's not separated in the appetizers and and everything else like you know other most menus have like appetizers salads sandwiches mm-hmm. uh, so they kind of do almost like tapas style right um so uh you can order something everything is kind of appetizer size quote unquote mm-hmm. although some things are more like price for meals you know yes um and we've gone there several times um but i'll go down what we got so we got fried oysters they were very good now the reason i i really wanted these fried oysters is because we had, had them fried oysters at kendrick mm-hmm. and they were so good yes they might be the best fried oysters i've had in my life agreed and then uh but then these i was just fiending for i said well let me mm-hmm. you know i normally don't get fried oysters Mm-mm. let me see what y'all working with and there's more of a traditional fried oyster right with like tomato kind of like cocktail sauces mm-hmm. sauces i don't know it was sauce is and now by ish i mean ish like it was not cocktail sauce but it tasted a little marinara cocktail saucy right anyway uh they were excellent though yeah they they they, they were good they weren't as good as um the kindreds though you know mm-hmm. <laughs> they also i also had soup uh, they had some uh tomato bisque 
it was noble's tomato basil bisque is the name of the soup delicious it was very 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 good it was thick and creamy mm-hmm. i don't know what it is about it but it, it, it just something about that thick and creaminess of soup that i really enjoy yeah not like i like me a good tomato soup but i like me a that bisque because it's thicker that and i like uh tomato soup for a long time i didn't eat tomato soup mm. because i thought tomato soup was campbell soup like you know i'm not, mm-hmm. not, not that kind and then you realize that tomato soup is actually fucking flavorful and actually delicious and once you start adding the spices and blending and you be like oh this shit is flames mm-hmm. so we had that tomato soup that was uh, uh tomato bisque was good mm-hmm. y'all one of the no, I don't. I, nothing here is "quote unquote" cheap necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like I don't mean that in the pejorative way, but like less expensive, I guess. Yes. They have this dish, pan fried corn. It's just corn. It's fucking delicious. I don't know if they, yes. I don't know what they did to that corn. If they soaked it in butter, I don't right. know. But that right. corn, <laughs> that corn was flames. It was flame emojis. Um, and then I had the duck breast for my like main meat of my meal mm-hmm. um i don't eat duck typically and um i normally it's it's normally so expensive on most menus yeah and, and a lot of times depending on how it's made i realize uh duck can be a very oily meat a mm-hmm. uh, greasy meat per se mm-hmm. and if duck is done right it's actually really 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 good i think one time i had like some duck tacos it was actually really good mm-hmm. um so yeah you're oh and also uh to piggyback on that corn yeah when they deliver it they live put it in these little small skillets yeah they're like these like pans literally yes. these small like iron layer like skillet pan type things like yeah stuff oh so good mm-hmm. um now this duck and the other problem with duck is if it's not too oily it also has a tendency to be too dry correct so like a duck has like this really finite range of like when it's delicious and when it's not <laughs> right and so i normally don't order duck because nothing's worse than spending too much money to get some shit that you like oh come on like right this is like and, and then because i don't eat it a lot it's like is this how i supposed to taste <laughs> i you know i'm not a fancy person right. i don't know um anyway so they bring this duck out and it's got like some i think it's like called confit or whatever but it tastes, yeah. it's almost like jelly yes and um nigga you put you like it's all pre-sliced for you mm-hmm. you take a slice of that duck dip it in some of that confit confit uh and then this is like some little sauce on the plate too mm-hmm. and y'all will see in the pictures we post but uh absolutely every time yes it, it was it was so, so good it was delicious y'all. falling off the bone duck it was duck breast by the way so no no necks or, <laughs> or feet no eyes no duck bills on our plates okay yeah we went stand at the duck karen you ordered the boneless pork chop right yes what'd you think about it it was really really good i i'm a sucker for a pork chop roger no i'm a sucker for a real good pork chop i like the thick pork chop like the pork chop steaks Mm -hmm. a lot of times i order those uh i like my pork chops uh 
uh i'm old you know like i say old country black woman i like my pork chops either bake or like pan fried i like a lot of times i like them depending on a lot of times where you get them from they smother them in a, a form of a brown or a white gravy i you know i like white gravy on, with my pork chops a lot of times they chop up onions and things like that and smother it across it and make it thick and bake it and then i you know you chop in it with a knife right but what about this one though what'd you like about this one because you're just talking about other pork chops that yeah, yeah. would not adhere. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. They, no, they, they wouldn't hear. But, yeah, I, like I said, I'm a sucker for a pork chop. So I was like, I wanted to try it. And, and you know, and pork chop is similar to what you said with duck. Pork mm-hmm. chop has that, particularly the the, th- the thicker yes. ones, it has that range where it's either dry right, or either is not done enough for yeah. me. Um, you know, because it's particularly when they're thick like that, they might mm-hmm. like a steak. But they took this and they sliced it down. Yeah and it was delicious it, it was, was perfect so good where it wasn't too dry um and i think they had like a little sauce that they drizzled across it mm-hmm. and you like dip it in the sauce it was very very good and 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 it was actually um uh i didn't need a knife you basically take it and, and break it with your fork yeah uh that pork chop was so damn good mm-hmm. it was really amazing um and then like it was boneless which yes. you don't know i didn't know that when you ordered it it's like heritage farm pork chop is all it says on the menu mm-hmm. so i was thinking of like a, a you know pork chop with the bone in it like you know what i'm gonna get but with it being boneless it actually set it off even more yes because it was just straight juicy yes it was and uh it had like a little tang to it like maybe it was some barbecue or something on it too i don't know mm-hmm. but um that damn pork chop was falling off the non-existent bone because it was boneless <laughs> the non-existing and then the last thing we got and i feel like we get this every time we go there but they do the skillet mac and cheese oh y'all the it, I can't turn it down. Like every time we, every time the, every time we go there, we got to order it because I think that they actually make it, make it per skillet and like throw it in a 500 degree oven and sprinkle some extra more cheese on top. Right. It's honestly, it's the one thing you can't. I think you can't miss on this menu. Um, and it comes in its own like little mini skillet, and you just like everything we're talking about is basically shareable for the table. Yes, it is. So you know you don't have to order as much as we did. Mm-mm. Um, but it's all shareable anyway so if you do order as much as we did it's no big um you know it's no big whoop no it's not that was a very very good meal and our server was really nice we had this black girl who was who was dope um she like she was uh having as much fun with us sitting in there ordering and drinking as she was uh, right serving it. and and the thing is uh i i really think that uh a lot of times uh when it comes to us particularly me because i'm just a bubbly bubbly person and so uh, uh, a lot of times uh, when people approach the table and they see my bubbly attitude i could tell that she was like oh okay this is gonna be like a good a a happy table because you know everybody's just so happy and just so bubbly so i think because you know we were happy it kind of boosted her spirit if that makes sense and Mm -hmm. so the whole meal from there on was just just happiness yeah as soon as she saw karen she was like i love your energy and all that stuff so you know that's normally a good sign yes it is um all right let's see what other meals we- oh also behind the scenes show note thing if you've seen our live our um our logo for our live show that's me and karen holding up drinks this mm-hmm. is where we took that picture ah oh, it is mm-hmm mm-hmm uh all right what else uh oh before we yes. go on this place if you go in y'all they got roosters on the walls they like roosters was like <laughs> everywhere the first time we went in i was like what the fuck is this mm, that is true 
the next place we went was this place called ruru's tacos and tequila that's another meal of the week yes and the thing about ruru's is that uh yo uh gps is gonna take you to the back of ruru's yeah if you take yelp or whatever to get the address it took us uh i mean this is uh, probably just for people that plan on going locally mm-hmm. if you go down providence road you'll it'll take you to the back of the place you can park and then you have to walk around the building to the front mm-hmm. uh, there's also an italian place over there yeah. that was closed at the time we went I like they only do dinner or something mm-hmm. but uh so anyway horrible parking like uh as far as directions <laughs> now we went around the building nigga it was nothing but parking spaces like you could walk right in like i just someone needs to change the address right because wherever it is it's like the right building but the wrong side of the building if that makes sense it's like you're here we, we, we were looking at your life no the hell we ain't here where's here right now ruru's is like a um it's one of those places where they do like talk ta- mexican inspired food it's tacos mm-hmm. and tequila um it's even though it's not really a trendy part of town it's very much a trendy restaurant yes as it far is as the names and the, the dead the number one thing that i just enjoyed the most about this before you get to the food the fucking names of the food on the menu yes amazing like it was like they made a menu just for my sensibilities because i'm such a movie buff and and a movie quote nerd that i could like honestly i could i want to go back here it, i resisted going back saturday because i was like <laughs> we should try something different you know but i fucking want to go back here just to order more to say the names right I, like i like i didn't even try to play it cool and it was time to order i was so excited to be like yes let me tell you these names um <laughs> all right so i did get some rum punch they had five dollar rum punch mm-hmm. drinks on the weekend um i don't know if it was special for that day or what mm-hmm. but that shit was delicious yes it was it was delicious and i had some what is this, a frozen margarita was strawberry it? margarita yeah. and they like everything was like fresh there and mm-hmm. and, and now that was really really good because they bring it to you it's mixed but then when you stir it, everything actually mixes up really really good oh so they sold us on the drinks right away yes they did and it was hot that day too so it hit the spot and then we had um for our meal we got they have nachos on the menu which i mean yeah, how not- do you do it the nachos i think were called i'm nacho bay <laughs> yes <laughs> and the nachos is a fucking meal by themselves oh it, y'all these nachos were enough for like four people yes like we, we didn't, didn't know we, that we, we put like a, a dent in them but we didn't like even come close now i'll be honest i don't think these nachos were the most inspired nachos like i i think there's a restaurant that that, that we go to as Teca that has to me the best nachos period them bitches is baked y'all and they are <sighs> yes these nachos were good that sour cream that jalapenos mm-hmm. all the sauces all the stuff you expect from nachos um and i think we got them with a little chicken or something yeah, on jalapenos them. yeah 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 it was good but mm-hmm. i won't i would not vouch for these nachos if mm-hmm. is what i'm saying yeah it's it's hard to actually get us to rank your nachos high mm-hmm. you know very few places have really good nachos next time i will try something different um but because they listen the menu i'll read some of the names once we get into the tacos but the starters uh i am mclovin queso blanco sea salt tortilla chips ma the meatloaf 
chunky guacamole sea salt tortilla chips let it rain ruru smokehouse salsa as sea salt tortilla chips and let it rain i believe it's from along came polly where that one dude was shooting with no shirt on playing basketball he always go let it rain three amigos billy ray valentine i'm not your bae um i'm in a glass case of emotion which is empanadas loaded with chicken cheese onions and tomato lighten up francis which is fr- flash fried calamari calamari sweet and spicy thai sauce and chipotle aioli so like they have some really inspired names what i'm trying mm-hmm. to say now uh, after we got the nachos we also had our main meal which is we we ordered some uh some of the tacos off of the menu yes um you remember which ones you ordered Mm-mm. i actually believe i wrote mine down give me a second i will actually tell y'all that's that's how excited i was about these damn these nachos i should wrote the names down listen i understand karen okay and i will put pictures and stuff on the menu up there for you guys um yes so (laughs) this is called (laughs) i got fired on your day off which is flash fried buffalo chicken lettuce cheddar cheese and ranch that one was probably my favorite Mm -hmm. it's spicy um (laughs) and then a uh, fat guy in a little coat which uh Aww. one of my favorite chris farley lines fat guy in little coat uh cilantro marinated skirt steak lettuce queso fresco uh cilantro and avocado aioli um also delicious uh, and these tacos run you about four dollars a taco okay so you know some places they have more cheaper tacos and stuff mm-hmm. these these fancy little tacos like you order four or five you pay, paying about 15 to 16 dollars normally mm-hmm. uh i got why so serious which is ground beef cheddar cheese lettuce pico and crema and let me tell you something this little motherfucker is a sleeper because that's just a regular ass taco if you think about it like ground beef cheese sour cream is it was so good it was probably also one of my favorites and then also i got get off my lawn which was <laughs> <laughs> a jalapeno pepper stuffed with shrimp and cheese tempura fried pickled cabbage and salsa roja yeah. uh, you can't go wrong mm-hmm. i wish i hadn't ate so much nachos because right like i couldn't even really finish my tacos off but they were all delicious mm-hmm. and i was sweating because i had got some hot ones so i was like hey i'm gonna need you to double up on this water uh karen i think you got um if i'm not mistaken um i think you got um did you get the long duck dong the duck taco i think i did yeah i know we got di- i made sure to get different ones than the ones you got mm-hmm. um but uh yeah you i think you got stage five clinger maybe crispy chicken lettuce spicy corn relish pickle jalapenos yes mine was spicy too yeah so anyway you can't go wrong with these i will post a picture of the um uh, of the menu mm-hmm. for you guys because it's it's honestly so worth the laugh if you're a movie buff i don't know yes. if you guys are movie buffs like us um all right and then lastly for our uh middle of the week we did what was the last one karen was it babaloo's yes okay so we went to this place called i believe it's babaloo's um tacos and uh tapas or something like that mm-hmm. um oh and of course i closed the uh 
tab right as i went to talk about it <laughs> yeah so we went to babaloo's and um yeah that shit was delicious um it was really good they had unlimited margarita no unlimited mimosas for three hours Mm-hmm. and um the other thing was it was brunch yes so we got there what time you think we got two there? something two something and brunch ends at three mm-hmm. so we had about an hour um but um we just went ahead and you know it was like hey it's brunch uh you guys said yeah because we normally miss brunch mm-hmm. and uh you know we we ordered uh some drinks and stuff uh like i said like karen said she went ahead and got the margarita the mimosa. i mean mimosas mm-hmm. but can you tell them about the mimosa experience because it's not your typical like champagne and orange juice and that's it no uh what it is is that uh there's actually a person that has like a cart and they actually go around to like all the tables and you can get orange juice you can get pineapple juice what was it orange juice pineapple juice and grapefruit juice Mm -hmm. and you can get champagne it was champagne vodka and i forgot what the other one was yeah yeah it was champagne vodka and some other alcohol but you pick one of those and then one of the juices mm-hmm. and then they also had like blackberries berries. you could do blackberries or raspberries yes that they would put in it and it was really really good i did the first time i did the traditional orange juice and champagne mm-hmm. the second time i did uh i'm gonna say pineapple and vodka and uh so that was really 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 good um and they and the dude uh he makes it for you on the spot he has like this little tray that he did he carries around and it has like the juices on it and then it has the glasses on it and he makes it for you on the spot and you sit there and as you eat they'll roll around with the car and come back by you know do you would you like some more and stuff like that so yeah it it it, it was worth it i had a ball yeah that the that meant and it's like 15 dollars so if you order like two drinks you pretty much already in the money mm-hmm. um you know and we didn't really come early and we didn't really come there for the drinks Mm-mm. but uh you know it didn't matter that shit was uh amazing mm-hmm. and the drink you had was really good yeah i believe i had i was trying to think what i had um it might I, it might have either been the paloma which i think i had the paloma last time or is the lemon berry sour it must have been the lemon berry sour that shit was amazing yes it was it was sweet mm-hmm. had uh what was it lime and yeah it was yeah it had yeah it had a bunch of just sweet and sour in it at the same mint, time all kinds of stuff yeah mint was in it mm-hmm. um at least i think that's what it was called mm-hmm. um anyway that shit was delicious okay now let's talk about the food okay we uh on the, the brunch menu very simple menu you have about i think a total of maybe i don't know nine choices maybe mm-hmm. not even that no you actually have a choice of about six things um yeah okay so yeah chorizo frittata which is basically like a chorizo omelet mm-hmm. uh then you have chicken and waffles we didn't get that um even though uh i took a picture of the menu and asked everybody on twitter like what y'all think we should get mm-hmm. and uh people was like oh uh what about this what about that you know steak and eggs 
uh empanadas desayuno which we didn't get short rib poutine and crab cake benedict so we got three things to split because we wanted to try some of everything Mm -hmm. and everything was like ten dollars about each one so it's like kind of splitting size you know uh, although once they got that i was like these could be meals by themselves Ooh, like, wow, for real though um anyway so we got the chorizo frittata frittata which was uh like i said like a chorizo omelet it came with um uh guacamole on it sriracha lime uh crema was on it um it's definitely the small skillets yeah uh what you think about this it was good Mm-hmm. um it was really good it was different I never, it was different That's yeah what I, I was yeah i never really had anything like that before um and so uh you know uh uh like i said it's, and i'm i'm pretty sure it's probably presented in different ways because some mm-hmm. people were saying that they've had it differently served differently than that yeah but this was the way it was served to us because it's almost like an omelet but not really right it's like an egg it's like egg um, with stuff in it like like an omelet but it's cooked on the bottom of this pan like they didn't really stir it up much right and then on top of it they put like three slices of avocado and some um tomatoes, tomatoes and some sauce it was good but you know i thought it was it was more different than good because yes. my mouth was all set for omelet but then i i don't feel like i got omelet no we didn't get omelet yeah and i don't remember if there was cheese on it probably on the top oh baked yeah it. chihuahua cheese so that was a different type of cheese yeah, never made of heard. dogs all right to kill taco bell <laughs> uh we had to try the um short rib poutine yes i mean the description is everything in the name it's short ribs shout out to canada shout out to shirley and and uh clove, clove. uh it's poutine as well so it was um thin cut fries chihuahua cheese fresno peppers green onions braised beef short rib and a sunny side up egg which really was two sunny side up eggs right um it was also different it was also unique like it was good i have i've had poutine before we both did it the, the it's called duck rabbit or some some the peculiar rabbit is mm-hmm. the name of the but uh i never had it like this with Mm-mm. the breakfast twist on it Mm-mm. i think if i could do it over again i would get it with the egg scrambled with cheese or something ah versus sunny side up yeah i don't think i'm a huge sunny side up person i'm not like repulsed by it but i think if i had the, my druthers of eggs i would go with scrambled ah and then you scramble and mix them up into the poutine okay okay and you know and i think the older i get the more when it comes to eggs i'm branching out you know because you know i'm i'm black so you know the only eggs we usually was like hard-boiled or scrambled and you know you didn't get any other options wouldn't know you got over hard and that's if right. you know you knew what the hell that was you know most people was like scrambled you know with or without cheese that's as, that's as far as it went so i'm kind of branching out on my eggs now i'm kind of realizing on certain things uh the runny and the yolk and stuff is actually pretty good depending on what you're eating yeah um and, and by the way it wasn't bad it no, was it wasn't. a little different mm-hmm. i think it was spice it up with scrambled eggs instead but um i liked it i thought the and i thought the uh short rib was a little salty yes agree a little too salty and maybe that's because poutine is gonna be salty with the fries and everything mm-hmm. a little too salty for because my you, blood you have a lot going on there but uh and then the last thing was the show stiller and i had to try this the steak and eggs that was very good now if you've been paying attention a lot of eggs in this meal <laughs> <laughs> 
lot of cholesterol in this meal. Probably should have went with a chicken and waffle just to mix it up. I know. I didn't even really think about it. Everything has had some form of an egg in it. We didn't even think about that when we were ordering. Everything has eggs. <laughs> Everything got an egg on it. Um, but yeah, so, uh, the steak, it comes with steak and then hash like these hash browns underneath it yes the hash browns was delicious they was like little tiny balls i can't explain it they was yes good they, they, they were like hash browns but they was like really finely chopped right and it was really tiny almost like bite-sized hash browns yeah it, so basically what it comes with is uh 24-hour marinated skirt steak served with red wine juice uh, i guess that's some french shit uh and two sunny side up eggs on a bed of roasty potatoes and we just got the eggs scrambled with cheese yes yeah, that's why i think the poutine would have been better with it too oh because we didn't know that for mm-hmm. that because she asked us how'd you want your eggs so right. i thought everything was gonna come scrambled with cheese me too <laughs> it, anyway it was amazing it stole the show the steak was to die excellent for. you can tell it was marinated for 24 honey you i was can taste it taking my fork and just breaking that stick all up mm-hmm and uh yeah the the the, everything and the potatoes were just a delicious thing if i had to do it over i'd probably switch up our order a little bit um like i might not get the frittata and do something like the chicken and waffle instead Mm -hmm. or or actually i might just eat one of the things as a meal and not get not split anything all right like you can take a bite off my plate but you know what i mean um but yo those are our meals so we wrapped it up okay ruru's uh roosters and we also had um babaloos and we'll put all the pictures in the show notes for you guys mm-hmm. all right let's get into our next segment so many awesome dishes everything tastes so delicious we are on a mission food and knowledge is what we're wishing for hope that we can find it food for the soul and i'm dying now it's time to get into the next segment uh spicy news we're gonna be talking about the spicy stuff that's been happening around the internet so we can so we can get into all the things that have been going on in the world of food and i'm here to deliver the spicy news it's a spicy (laughs) it's spices everywhere all right let's see um it turns out karen Mm -hmm. in a surprise that Mm -hmm. most people didn't see coming okay ahab you remember ahab h-o-i-h-o-b it was the house of burgers mm-hmm. apparently ihob sold a ton of burgers everybody had all these jokes about it and said that it was uh terrible and no one should do it and they should change the name back mm-hmm. and i i personally was very extremely disappointed that they didn't have like pancake burgers french toast burgers waffle burgers what are we doing what are what are swine? you know you already got all the ingredients capitalized on it well, uh, according to Business Insider, uh, their stunt from Pre- President Dan Rebellis said it was a huge success. Literally everybody in the world now knows that IHOP is selling burgers. That was a goal. Number one. Number two was to actually sell them. Despite the groundswell of ground beef growth, pancake fiends have nothing to worry about because, you know, of course they changed back to whatever, to the other one, to IHOP. But, um given that same uh that time that when it happened mm-hmm. their store sales increased just 0.7 percent last quarter despite the 
400% jump in burger sales. So they sold 400% more burgers. Ooh. But the actual total sales are just 0.7% more. So what, what that says to me is not that people were, I'm not going to eat IHOP, but now I'm going to go try a burger. It's, I go to IHOP, I never order the burgers. Right. A lot of people don't even pay. They don't even flip to that part of the menu. And actually, mean you worked at IHOP, and IHOP actually has a very extensive menu. Mm-hmm. And that's not funny. The shit is actually good. Like, they got chicken tenders. They have salads. Yep. But a lot of people, they stop at, like, the front, and they don't ever look at the other piece. So, like you said, they actually won because now you're going to have people that actually was like, hey, Mm-hmm. I think I might try a burger since I've seen all the commercial or everybody been talking about it online. So guess what? Mission accomplished. Them burgers moved. It also shows you how impressionable people are. Yes. Because all they had to do was say, we have burgers, and everybody made a stink about it, but they went and ordered them damn burgers. Yeah, they did. <laughs> people stopped Even ordering. complaining, going, I'm going to see if these burgers is good. Uh, Yelp has is adding a new uh, health inspection. Um rating to their reviews Ooh, yeah how does this work um it's um basically like uh they have hygiene reports and health inspections you know which is done by the state or the local municipality mm-hmm. they'll just make this information available on the yelp app so when you click on you know like oh let me check out this uh this restaurant it'll also say hey they got a c score yeah, and you should know that. You should you should know that. And and more places that do like these ordering ordering services where mm-hmm. you order like through the app and they go. You some people never step foot into these places. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I do need to know what what their scores are. Yelp has been quietly working on this new feature in Marin and San Francisco for the past five years. They're ready to launch it nationwide, and it's called Health Scores. And you can find it right here. To hear Yelp describe it, there's a buffet of valuable restaurant inspection data out there, and the San Francisco-based company is helping users to digest it all. Now, some restaurants weren't thrilled with it. Uh, If you have a good record, you probably wouldn't mind the extra transparency, but if you don't, you can understand you might not. Yelp works with a third-party vendor to process data feeds directly from city and county agencies themselves. When the agencies don't provide a feed, robots fan out online to scrape the data off government websites and compile it together. The result on the mobile app is a condensed report, often with just scores and dates. But the desktop site has more info, like the details about the violations. Yelp says when customers see a low score, they don't call the restaurant, they don't click to get directions, and they certainly do not look at the menu. We do see that consumers use it. Uh, They patronize businesses with bad health scores less. I think it's a good thing. I just want to make sure that get updated information. Rochelle Gaddy with Santa Clara County welcomes the effort from Yelp. However, for now, Santa Clara County's own app called SCC Dineout not only has the most current and up-to-date scores, it also has the actual reports with all the nitty-gritty details. This one talked about... And, And the thing is, we recently had some health reports come out about restaurants here in Charlotte. And then a couple of them we... Well, one of them we hadn't went to in years, but then another one we used to go to all the time. And that bitch closed. And that shit is closed. Like the doors was locked. They got a uh this this spot is empty sign now. Yeah, so you think this is a good idea? I do. Okay. I do because not to be funny. Kept into myself. Oops, sorry. No problem. I'll, this is how I feel about it. Just Right, 
I, I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> if you're feeling test, keep it on the low. Because I do want to eat this food in the stove. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> yeah, you need to let people know like for their own safety too Mm-mm. and it would encourage people to motherfucking keep your places clean i take the e cola <laughs> yeah you said that till you get sick i know oh no but yeah so I, I don't know this is obviously a good idea the more information and the better you know it's the pressure because people might check that yo if they might even if they walk past that side they might look on the Yelp and see like uh oh hold up now <laughs> right and that's the thing and it was a fun a lot of times people walk into places all the time and i know it varies per state in north carolina they just just do letters now they actually do numbers, numbers. and with the numbers that make a big difference and that's the and at least they're not putting the detailed reports because no. the detailed reports i mean even for the restaurants you like it's scary because it's like you might have that A, but it'll be like we found uh something something into something something. You be like, ooh, you're like, ooh, what are y'all, what are y'all doing? Posting restaurant hygiene scores pro- prominently on Yelp leads to a 12 percent decrease in purchase intentions for restaurants with poor scores relative to those with higher scores. So yeah, watch your back. Better be out here treating the people good. You gonna get caught up. Not only that, that also not it probably won't correlate, but that also means treat your employees better so they're fucking clean. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of times that's why that's why you get these badass scores. A lot of times you don't treat people right. You treat them like shit. Pay them two dollars thirteen cent an hour, and then they like, well, fuck you. I'm gonna take them. I'm going home. No, I'm not sweeping this, and no, I'm not scrubbing this. Mm-hmm. On to some more spicy news. Now let's do it. A baby was born at Chick Fil A and now has nuggets for life wow that's right graceland griffin who was uh born in a chick-fil-a um apparently uh her mom started giving uh contract having contractions tonight july 17th on the way to the hospital she and her husband robert griffin not to be confused the quarterback uh stopped at a chick-fil-a to drop off their other two daughters with a family friend the mommy to be was already in labor and needed to use the restroom before heading to the university hospital in san antonio texas it was just after 10 p.m so the restaurant was closed the couple banged on the glass they were led into chick-fil-a just like jesus in the manger come on Mm-mm-mm. and uh this is the chosen one that's what it's gonna be the new the new fable jesus has returned the chosen one is back it was born in the chick-fil-a <laughs> and uh the the what three wives and brought polynesian sauce oh, <laughs> barbecue sauce and honey mustard <laughs> uh, uh she began to scream at which point brenda enriquez the store director yelled for robert brenda told ksat i'm about to dial 911 i opened the door she just screaming robert ran to fallon from outside where where she he was sending off the other daughters at that point there was no making it to the hospital's plan robert told ksat i looked at her i said we're gonna do it right here right now fallon recalls being in excruciating pain and worried about because she and the baby were both considered high risk during the pregnancy dad came through uh and managed to deliver graceland having no prior medical skills wow how long did it take the ambulance to get there the baby's umbilical cord was wrapped around her neck twice but robert was able to get it loose and save her oh my god these motherfuckers Ooh, gonna be on tv like a champ they about to be on somebody tv store 
in less than 10 minutes emt arrived and brought the family to the hospital so it must have been one of those like almost like a sitcom delivery yeah and, and you know and when it comes to it varies per woman because mm-hmm. you do you have some women they they are in labor for hours do you have some women they like i was had a few contracts and the baby to pop out wow well uh free uh nuggets for life shit the free nuggets for life should have went to the daddy now how many how many uh how many people you think gonna be sitting in there in the uh <laughs> in the chick-fil-a the chick-fil-a lobby just full of gut full of child waiting to get some free nuggets well i need some chicken strips these is twins okay Mm-mm. Mm-mm. we don't do this for jesus one time speaking of chick-fil-a they are offering now uh they're gonna test meal kit offerings so basically it's gonna be almost like blue apron but chick-fil-a they're launching its own mealtime kits they'll give chicken lovers a chance to prep down dishes using the chain's chicken starting august 27th available 15 dollars and 89 cent each for a two-person serving recipes for chicken flatbread chicken parmesan dijon chicken pan roasted chicken and chicken enchiladas each meal kit would include step-by-step instructions and ingredients can be refrigerated for several days before use they'll make a killing they're gonna make a killing because you're gonna have the people go like you know what let's just order chick-fil-a like this versus actually going to the store now you can finally get it on a sunday ain't that the truth um now uh, the thing is though they don't serve all this do they no chicken parmesan dijon chicken pan roasted mm -mm. chicken flatbread like i don't think these are available i would be more excited if they told me we're gonna give you a number three you know what i mean no but they got to get fancy to compare to come you know because you're going know, against the big I, boys i know you're not you can't wrong. be like here's number three with a lemonade <laughs> that's, that's all I it's want. a waffle fries <laughs> that's what i want that's what i want to see send me uh spicy chicken deluxe <laughs> in, in a box i know send, send me a spicy chicken biscuit with an egg <laughs> that's what i want i'll fry myself and some hash browns uh i kind of like but uh yeah i i, I mean i doubt i'll sign up for this Mm-mm. but um uh, but then people, they go but i think that's gonna take off i think more and more places are gonna do that because as much as people quote unquote talk down and bad about the box stuff mm-hmm. you know for a lot of people it's convenient because a lot of people if they do the box stuff a lot of them don't go out to eat right so you know it's a trade-off or either you do the box stuff guess what that the money that you would have been spending your grocery store bill mm-hmm. you've chopped that down you True. know and so particularly because you know me and you we do the two people but a lot you could do up to four people so you know you have a large family that's a little bit more that saves you um some money uh and you know with the step by steps and things like that you know you spending you know how much a week or how frequently you go you go you're going to cook the food because you paid for it right well or let it go to waste right you upstairs getting number threes from chick-fil-a for real <laughs> come on i mean is the boss gonna open up and say thank you for coming to chick-fil-a how may i serve you right thank you no thank you it is my pleasure yes right? if it's not gonna say that then i don't know if i want this box uh update mcdonald's pulled salads from three thousand locations after parasite outbreak uh, uh, uh outbreak uh, what's up with lettuce 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 is like trying to kill us so <laughs> for real i mean it's been the romaine lettuce all the lettuce is like ha. how is salads more unhealthy than regular mcdonald's food come on that's that's i didn't see that coming Mm-mm, you might as well go ahead and eat what you want they had to pull salads from 3,000 restaurants in 14 states following initial reports. The locations are primarily in the Midwest. Indiana, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, Minnesota, Nebraska, South Dakota, Montana, North Dakota, Kentucky, West Virginia, and Missouri. 
mcdonald said friday that out of an abundance of caution it has stopped selling salad greens uh and was working to get rid of lettuce from those locations and the distribution center so is that not the lettuce that goes on the sandwiches possibility they added it switching to another letter supplier to those locations check back for more updates right and 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 i don't uh blame them because you don't want people to get sick so it's like hey anybody that had these you got to get rid of them and you know from what i've heard it's very hard to go back and trace you know Mm -hmm. where this food comes from and where was it at a lot of times by by the time they got there they've cleaned it out and gone on to whatever the next harvest is and the symptoms were uh they last about a week it, it includes diarrhea loss of appetite weight loss stomach cramps and pain bloating vomiting nausea and fatigue along with flu-like symptoms who wants to deal with that shit for a week man and, right and not something funny uh when it comes to salads uh uh mcdonald's i've had some of them salads they're not good like right i've, I've tried to go oh mm-mm, no mm-mm. i don't like them little wrap things them shits is nasty i go ahead and just i go to mcdonald's i'm like fuck it give me the big mac and what the fuck i want i'm why am i gonna eat healthy and this tastes nasty now our final segment is a bit of a surprise to karen and our spicy news well it's not a segment but our final article i saw this article and i said okay so everybody knows as white women of color we love pumpkin okay mm-hmm um so i saw this article on delish.com by tess coleman called hey just wanted to alert you that the existence of this extremely cheap pumpkin wine uh that that exists and uh i had to go buy some okay oh shit now yeah so this is called three lakes winery pumpkin semi-sweet pumpkin wine would you like some i would and it's a white wine too as you can hear it pouring in the glass all right uh your cup is right there i'll hit you up player say when that's no okay thank you all right um so i thought we have a little wine tasting live on the air okay okay uh roses are red violets are blue it's very important to consume pumpkin flavored things at all times of the year possible uh oh, yeah that's the point to start the article uh let me taste some oh Oh, that bitch, is that's good. Ooh, oh, that's good, y'all. My first time having pumpkin um wine. That's delicious. Yeah, Three Lakes Winery. Oh, they didn't sponsor this. TLWinery.com dot com is the uh, the website. Um, this web the pumpkin wine is twelve ninety five, so it didn't cost much at all. They they shipped it across the country. Got here in a few days, and I said, you know what? This would be a great way to top off the spicy news with a little wine to sip it down, wash it down. That is really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I looked for pumpkin-flavored wine so long, y'all. It's crazy. I was looking for it um, on uh, Triangle Wine Co. website. I did find some good pumpkin-flavored ales, but I never Ooh. found pumpkin wine. Uh, and I bought them. They're in there. Um but i never got the pumpkin wine i had pumpkin cider everything pumpkin wine apparently is fucking hard to find and uh this wine is sweet yes and it's refreshing it is light it tastes light and uh worth every dollar of the 13 dollars plus shipping 
that it costs so pumpkin wine y'all that's how we end the spicy news today mm-hmm. um we'll be back with another list making good soon uh karen we're gonna cut to your interview next and uh thank you for letting me hang out with you no oh, thank you this has been fun karen is our guide and she will help us to i have a wonderful guest with me today his name is adrian miller i am so excited y'all he has done so much and the thing that i really love about him is that when i went to his site it says dropping knowledge like hot biscuits and y'all know i'm from the south i love hot biscuits so y'all know i was all in uh adrian introduce yourself to the uh to the fans of the black eye who tips podcast that are listening um tell them a little bit about yourself yeah so uh adrian miller the soul food scholar and uh this is going to lose me street cred on the subject of soul food but i was born and raised in denver colorado but let me win you back let me win you back um (laughs) my parents are from uh, chattanooga tennessee and my my mom's from Chattanooga, Tennessee. My dad's from Helena, Arkansas. So soul food is the food that I grew up eating. Um, so grew up in Colorado, went to Stanford University undergrad, and then I went to Georgetown Law School. Um, came back and practiced law in Denver, but it wasn't for me. It got to the point where I was singing spirituals in my office. So <laughs> Nobody knows the trail yeah. I've seen. <laughs> and you know it's bad when white people join in. So that's how rough <laughs> it was for me. You know it's real bad. Yeah, but this is not to discourage or disparage any attorneys that might be listening, but it just wasn't for me. Um, So I was going to open up a soul food restaurant in Denver, but then I got a chance to work in the Clinton White House. And I worked on something called the President's Initiative for One America, and it was a racial reconciliation effort. So the wild and crazy idea behind this is that if we just talked to one another and listened, we might learn that we have a lot more in common than what supposedly divides us. Um, so that was a lot of fun. I was at the very end of Clinton's second term, and um, I was going back and forth to whether I would stay in D.C. or go back to Colorado, and I ended up coming back to Colorado and working for a political think tank, and then I worked for Colorado's governor, a guy named Bill Ritter Jr., and then um, I got a job with the Colorado Council of Churches, which is my current job, and that job is really just bringing churches together to do social justice work. But all along, I've had this interest in working on um, food history and writing books about food. So I wrote a book about the history of soul food called Soul Food, The Surprising Story of an American Cuisine, One Plate at a Time, which won the James Beard Award in 2014 for uh, Outstanding Scholarship and Reference. And my second book is called The President's Kitchen Cabinet, The Story of the African Americans Who Have Fed Our First Families from the Washingtons to the Obamas. So it's a history of African-American presidential chefs. Um, that book was nominated for an NAACP Image Award for Outstanding liter- Literary Work Nonfiction. And I'm just getting started on my third book on the history of African-American barbecue culture, which is tentatively called Black Smoke. That's tight, huh? Yes. Yes. That's me in a nutshell. I, I, I am here for this. You're also a barbecue judge. How did you get into that? Oh, that's great. So when I was writing the soul food book, I noticed that a lot of black-run soul food joints have barbecue as an option, and then a lot of black-run barbecue restaurants have soul food sides and desserts. So I thought learning more about barbecue would help me out. So um, just by chance, the newspaper had an ad for becoming a barbecue judge at an Adams County Fairgrounds outside of Denver. So I went there, 
walked into a room of about 70 people, and the first thing I noticed is that I was the only dude under 250, so I knew what my future was going to be like. But um, they what they do is they run you through the, the logistics of a contest. So they say these are the categories, um, pork, shoulder, pork spare ribs, beef brisket, and chicken. This is how you judge based on taste, texture, and appearance. It's a nine-point scale. Uh, and then afterwards, they go through some kind of the arbitrary rules of the of the society that's putting it on. So, for instance, I, I was, became a judge in the Kansas City Barbecue Society. So one of the rules is that you can only present your barbecue on three types of lettuce, green leaf lettuce, flat leaf uh, parsley, and cilantro. Oh. So if you made – yeah. So if you made the best barbecue in the world and you presented it on collard greens, you'd be disqualified. Wow. Yep. And then they bring out they bring out food um, barbecue and have you score it just so you get a hang of it. And then they bring out something purposely illegal just to see if you catch it. And if you don't, they will say, "Well, Adrian, you should have noticed this." Blah blah blah. And then you stand up, you take a barbecue oath. It's a sacred thing that I'm not going to repeat right now. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And then a few weeks later, you get your badge in the mail. And then once you get that badge, you can go judge at any sanctioned event under that sanctioning body. So barbecue is like boxing. There's all these sanctioning bodies. Um, mm. So like I belong to the Kansas City Barbecue Society, but there's different ones uh, in different states. What is your favorite type of barbecue? Because you know they're based very differently depending on what region of the country you're you're in. What's your favorite type? Yeah, so top three is I love Kansas City barbecue because that's pretty much what I got growing up here in Denver. So uh, pork spare ribs, that's my go-to barbecue. That's That's the thing that defines barbecue for me is pork spare ribs. Um, but I got to tell you, Texas is gaining on me. I've spent more time in central Texas and east Texas, and that type of barbecue is gaining more uh, traction. But I still like the pork ribs with the kind of sweet sauce, which is a hallmark of Kansas City barbecue, and then hot links. Right. I love hot links. Right. Uh, I know some pork is like vinegar-based. Some pork is like uh, mustard-based. Not pork, but black barbecue. It's like mustard-based, yeah. depending on what region of the the country that you're in and uh when it comes to barbecue do they do they get into the like the different sauces and stuff uh in in the competition circuit or just mean at restaurants yeah in the competition circuit so you are free to do whatever you want but you have to be careful because you're jar you're uh, being judged by a lot of different palates and so you're always trying to thread the needle so you don't see a lot of vinegar-based barbecue in competitions because um, a lot of people don't like that. And so the chances of you getting a low score increase, I think, when you have vinegar-based barbecue. So pretty much people are doing a standard, slightly sweet barbecue sauce. And a lot of competitors don't even uh, put sauce on their um, meat. They want you to just taste the meat and see how smoky it is and delicious it is. Mm. So it's really up to you as a competitor what you do. Okay, because I know for me – when, being in North Carolina, when it comes to barbecue, I just like barbecue. I know that might sound silly, but like, if it's good, it's good. I don't care what the base is or what the <laughs> the sauce like, because I know some people get very territorial when it comes to that. They're like, this is the only kind, and this is the only way you know that you can make it. Um, and uh, which which you do in the circuits. Does it make a difference when people do their barbecue in like a pit versus on coals versus slow cook? Is is there a difference in the taste? Uh, to me, there is. But in, in competition barbecue, you know, uh, although there's a lot of different contraptions that people use, 
Um, uh, let, let, the thing is, is that once somebody wins, everybody tries to mimic what the previous winner has done. Ah. So you're getting a lot of uniform barbecue. There's not, it's not like there's a lot of divergent tastes in barbecue, in my experience, on the competition circuit. Okay. Because uh, people are trying to win. And so, they, you know, they, they usually try to mimic what other people have done. Uh, so the taste is pretty, it's pretty consistent. So it really comes down to kind of the seasoning and spices used in the rubs. And if they have a sauce, what kind of seasoning they have in the sauce. Hmm. And I know you probably have went to, like, different types of restaurants. What What is one of your favorite barbecue joints? Oh, wow. So many choices. Uh, so I love a place. Um, this is just coming in recent memory. There's a place in Los Angeles, California called Bloodsos. Okay. And this guy's from Texas, and he had a place in Compton, but now he has uh, – that closed that closed down, but he's got another place in North Hollywood. That was Texas-style barbecue that was really good. Um, in Kansas City, I love a place called LC's. Um, you probably hear more about Arthur Bryant's and Gates, which are the legendary places, but I think LC's is really good, um, especially the burnt ends, which is that charred pieces of brisket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and then in Alabama, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, there's a place called Dreamland Barbecue. And at Dreamland, when you go in, they just ask you how many you want. And that means how many ribs do you want? And the menu is ribs, white bread, sauce, and then a beverage. Yes, I love my people. Just simple. We keep it simple. <laughs> yep, very straightforward. Uh, so that that was really good. Um, and then in um, Chicago, I just ate my way through Chicago, and I liked a place called Q's Tips and Wings. Mm. And they were doing um, kind of turkey tails and turkey thighs, which is unusual. Right. Yeah, and there's a legendary place called Leon's. Because in Chicago, it's all about rib tips and hot links mm. with fries and white bread. That That's pretty much what people get. Okay. Um, so that had good flavor. And um, a place called Sunny's Barbecue had really good flavor with their rib tips. My only thing about Chicago barbecue that I'm trying to hate on a little bit is the, in, in Chicago's south side, they fry chicken and they cover it with barbecue sauce. And they call that barbecue chicken. Hmm. Wow, like what is up with that? Normally when it comes to that, it's some form of a baked or I've had it smoked, you know, like various right. different ways. Oh, so they just cover, they fry it and they just pour the sauce over it? Right, so it's covered oh. with the same sauce. Like when you get your order of a barbecue in the south side of Chicago, it's all usually covered with a very thin, sweet sauce. It's almost like a glaze. Okay. Okay. And they cover everything. They cover the fries, the rib tips, oh. everything they cover with that. Oh. What are some um, uh, sides that you normally see with barbecue? I know most people do slaw. Uh, is there any, like, unique sides that you've seen come with barbecue? Yeah. So um, in terms of unique ones, um, Memphis has what they call barbecue spaghetti. Hmm. Have you ever heard of that? No. So imagine – you have the spaghetti noodles, and instead of marinara sauce, you use a barbecue sauce, and then you have grilled meat instead of hamburger. Oh. And they mix that all together, and that's a side dish. Wow, that's very different. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, the Carolinas, you've got uh, you've got different kinds of slaw. 
Yeah. Like they have a kind of reddish slaw because of that sauce in Western North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hush puppies. Yes. Which, One of yeah. my favorite things to eat. Right. And for those who don't know what those are, those are fried cornmeal fritters, basically. Um, but for most, most part, you're going to see, uh, potato salad, baked beans, slaw, coleslaw. And interestingly, in Memphis, they have a yellowish coleslaw. So they actually put some mustard in their coleslaw. Okay. okay. Which is not something you see in a lot of other places. No, that's not. I've had it like that before. And, and, and it's not bad. It's just different. Right. Because most people do like a mayo or like, if you like a sweet, a miracle whip, you know, depend on your personal preference. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, in other places, uh, you pretty much are getting, if you go to a black run place, you're going to get a lot of soul food sides. So you're going to get some greens, um, you know, in addition to the, the other standards. Yes. And, uh, in doing and covering your book about the, uh, cooks and the chefs, uh, for the presidents, uh-huh. what is one of the most fascinating things that you find out with this thing? You was like, wow, I cannot even believe that this would happen. So, um, a lot of the cool things is uh, as how, um, these cooks were often confidants for the presidents, uh, and the first families. Uh, but one of the best stories that I remember is, um, a woman named Zephyr Wright who cooked for president Lyndon Johnson. Uh, the family would go back and forth from Texas to DC and they would drive through the segregated South and she would suffer so many indignities that she refused to take the trip. So when Johnson becomes president after Kennedy is assassinated and he's pushing for the 1964 Civil Rights Bill, mm-hmm. he actually uses her stories of segregation to get members of Congress to support the bill. Wow. Yep. And then when he signs the bill, he used 72 pins to sign the bill. He gave her one of the bill, uh, the, one of the pins and said, you deserve this as much as anyone. Wow. Um, another thing that is fascinating to me is um, George Washington had an enslaved cook named Hercules. And um, when Washington was president, D.C. was being built. So the, the national the nation's capital was in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And Philadelphia had a law that said if you were an enslaved person on Pennsylvania soil, you were and you were there for six months or longer, you were automatically free. So what Washington did to get around that law when he brought enslaved people up to Philadelphia to do uh, run the household is that right around the time the six-month deadline would toll, he would actually pack up all the enslaved people and take them back to Virginia, <gasps> chill them out there for a couple of weeks, and then bring them back. Wow. And he does this throughout his presidency. Wow. Yep. Um, another interesting thing is uh, Thomas Jefferson had, sev- Jefferson had several enslaved cooks. So uh, we've heard of Sally Hemings. Mm-hmm. Well, one of her brothers, James Hemings, um, when Jefferson was minister to France, he actually brings Hemings with him to France and has him trained as a French chef while he was a young man and installs him as the chef de cuisine for his residence in Paris brings him back to the United States, and after cooking for Jefferson for a few years, this guy, James Hemings, says, look, I want to be free. And Jefferson agrees to free him on two conditions, that he tweet, he uh, treat, uh, teaches other enslaved people at Monticello how to cook, and that he leaves behind his recipes. And he does this, and he ends up being freed. Wow. For, wow. 
Yep. And Jefferson also had two enslaved women cooking in the White House kitchen. Um, and her, their names were Edith Fawcett and Frances Hearn. And unlike other White House staffers, rather than bring them back to Monticello during the summer months, he left them there all year long. Hmm. So these two black women, they were um, they were the assistant chefs to a French guy named Honoraire Julien. But they cooked throughout Jefferson's presidency. They stayed there. In fact, there's uh, accounts of their husbands escaping from Monticello, trying to make their way to D.C. just so they could see their wives. But Jefferson would have them apprehended and sent back to Monticello. But after his presidency ends, um, these two women essentially cook for Jefferson until he dies in 1825. Oh, my. So they were the main cooks at Monticello. Wow. So there's a lot of stories like that. I mean, I'm just giving you the tip of the iceberg. Wow. And and when you sit back and you think about it, I know it might sound silly, but you don't really think about the people that prepare the meals, but you know they're there and you know they exist. Right. I mean, that was my story because I worked all the time I worked in the White House. I didn't even think about this. And then it was after I left that I got the idea. And I'm like, man, I could have gotten so much scoop. Yes. I thought about this while I was working there. That, that's true. Uh, for you, I know you judge barbecue and you written books, but do you personally do you cook? Oh, yeah, I got skills. <laughs> what inspired you to cook? Um, growing up, my mother worked nights. And so, uh, my twin sister and little brother and I would trade off weeks cooking breakfast for each other. Um, because my mom would get home, you know, a little bit after we woke up for school and had to start cooking breakfast. So it was just easier for us to do that. And so that got me interested in cooking. And then as I got older and more confident in my cooking skills, I, I sometimes would make something on the weekend just to give my mom a break. Um, but then fast forward, I really didn't get co- interested in cooking again until I was in law school. And for downtime, I started watching these cooking shows on cable. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it got to the point where I was like, yeah, I think I could make that. Whenever you are deciding to make a meal, like for yourself, uh, I know you're talking about the cooking shows, but what, what, what inspires you to cook? You go, well, that's what I want to cook today because I seen this or, 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 or whatever. Well, these days, just because of my schedule and stuff, a lot of the cooking that I do is very quick. So I'm just grilling some fish and making a salad or, or something kind of like, you know, I try to be healthy, but something, try, you know, along those lines. My more elaborate cooking is uh, when I cook for other people. So um, one thing that I'm known for here in Denver is that I offer to cook a soul food meal for 10 people uh, to support a charity. So people will bid on me to come in their house. And make a meal. My typical meal is a appetizer of Creole broiled catfish with some coleslaw and then some fried chicken that could be made um, Nashville hot style, some greens, usually mustard and turnip greens with some smoked turkey, some black eyed peas with some ham hock, some mac and cheese, and then uh, some cornbread. And then I'll usually make a seasonal dessert, usually uh, a summer peach crisp, where it's a combination of uh, peaches and berries with kind of a oatmeal and brown sugar uh, crust. Hmm. I know that you cover a lot of, of soul food. Growing up where you grew up, uh, the way your parents cooked, was were you looked at as different or other, or did people consider your food strange? 
Yeah, so people thought of it as strange because where where I grew up, although I was born in the inner city of Denver and lived there the first few years of my life, when um, I was about eight years old, we moved out to the suburbs, and so that was predominantly white environment. So there weren't very uh, there were very few people cooking the food that I was cooking or that I was eating growing up. And also, my mom was a really good cook, so she would make foods from other cultures. So. You know, as much as we had soul food, we were eating Mexican food, Italian food, stuff that people would just consider kind of American food. We were doing all of that because my mom was a really good cook and she was very versatile. Ooh. You know, the one one thing about I've learned about uh, brown people, whenever we cook, we cook like a wide range of foods. Right. Like mm-hmm. we, we kind of don't, we're not narrow. And, and a lot of our foods cross because if you go like through history, you'll find out that Mexican and African foods cross, you know, French and African foods cross. And you really, when you get back down to it, you're like, wow. And still on soul food, what are some vegan soul food places that you've eaten at? Yeah, so the thing that I trip people out the most on when I'm doing talking about this stuff is the fact that vegan is the hottest trend in soul food. That's where you're seeing a lot of the creativity from chefs right now. So a few memorable places is there's a place called The Seasoned Vegan in Harlem. Um, And one dish that I had was quote-unquote crawfish. And uh, for that dish, there's something called burdock root, which they boil and then they cut in a way that it looks like crawfish mm. and they put it in this garlic cream sauce. And I'm telling you, you would not know the difference. That's how good it is. Um, another place is, um, solely vegan in Oakland, California. Okay. And, um, I remember a dish that I had there, Southern fried tofu, mm. vegan mac and cheese and vegan collard greens with a cayenne pepper lemonade. Yeah, and then you've got Soul Vegetarian in uh, Chicago and Atlanta and Jacksonville. And um, one thing that I remember there is they have something they call the Marcus Garvey Burger, which is made out of something called kale bone. Okay. And kale bone is something that they created with this restaurant chain. Okay. But, yeah, it's a meat substitute. But um, seriously, you feel like you're eating a burger. Wow, that, because the the thing about vegan, particularly because we're in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh-huh. I don't know if it's just certain places down south, it's very, very hard to find soul food vegan. They have, like, raw vegan places, and I'm a meat eater. And so, uh-huh. but, but I am open to vegan food. Like, like, like I will eat anything. So I'm, I don't, I'm not close-minded when it comes to it. But I, I did that raw vegan. I was like, what is this? No, I don't want any of this. I, I wasn't prepared. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I walked through the door and was like, um, no. <laughs> yeah, but, okay, so did it taste good? No. And I, and, and, oh, I, and I think that, that was the – but I, I think that because there's this place that's called, like, Luna's Kitchen or something like that. And when I looked, everybody kind of raved about it. But – and I guess because – like everything is raw and nothing was cooked. So I, I guess I wasn't prepared for everything just to be raw, you know. So when you, when we ordered like, I ordered like, um, linguine and it was, everything was raw. And it was, so I guess that part I wasn't prepared for, if that makes sense. Like I wasn't prepared for, I thought something was going to be cooked. 
Oh, okay. All right. Well, I, I guess I've been lucky because most of the uh, vegan and raw soul food that I've had is it has been quite good. And and you know what? And the thing is, I think that that's why I want vegan soul food, not just vegan, because I and I, I I think in my mind I might be wrong, but I think it's a difference because with the vegan soul food, it, you're gonna get more in my opinion spices and flavor and, and a lot of food is not gonna be bland because i think that's what too it was very bland if that makes sense not a lot of salt not a lot of pepper you know what i mean not a lot of yeah. uh uh, uh, uh spices so i and, and i think that uh i like that in my food regardless of what it is at least make it taste like something right because i think the signature for soul food is that seasoning that's what right. makes right. it that's what distinguishes it from southern food and other cuisines is the seasoning Right, so that's what I was looking for. So I thank you for suggesting that, not only for me, but for the fans that are listening. If y'all are anywhere near any of these places, y'all can go try them out. And I will probably, if I get to Atlanta and some of these other places, I'll start trying them out too. Like I said, I just, I'll keep looking for something here within my city. Like we have all types of stuff, but when it comes to like vegan, uh, like I said, you have raw vegan, but I want something more of the soul foolish end. So I'll keep trying about that. What what do you think about like the box meals, like your blue aprons and your Hello Freshes and things like that? Like, is that something for you, or are you like, nah, I'd rather cook my own meal? Uh, no, I I had I appreciate the box meals, um, and I've done a few trials with them. Um, I guess my quibble with them is um, they are expensive. Yes. So, um, and then you have so much extra material left because all the stuff that you use to pack it. Because uh, I'm I'm a guy that tries to recycle. And um, I try not to send a lot of stuff to landfill. So I just felt like I was getting more and more stuff. Um, but in terms of, like, southern meals, um, you know, the one that's pretty significant is peach dish. Oh, I've never heard of that one. Yeah, they're more southern-oriented. They're based in Atlanta. So, um, you know, if you like southern food, I would definitely uh, check that one out. But uh, I have to say, I did I did Blue Apron for a while. I haven't really done anyone else, but I did Blue Apron, and I was pleased with the f- type of food I got. I thought it was easy to make, and I thought it tasted good. How has traveling changed your view of food? Because I know you you're naming you're naming all these places, but has it expanded it? Just made you look at food differently? Well, I'm definitely paying much more attention to regional differences than I did before. Because you know before the depth of my thinking was, well, does this taste good or not? Right. But now I go to a place and I'm like, okay, what kind of greens are they using? Oh, that's the, that's the hot sauce on the table. So how do they make the cornbread? Is it a muffin, a square, a wedge, hush puppies, spoon bread? Um, you know, how's the stuff presented? Cause I, I take pictures of my food. So I'm known for doing that. So if you want to get hungry just by looking at pictures, you should definitely follow me on Instagram Twitter and Facebook because I post a lot of food pictures. We we do too. We we started getting into that. Like as we go out, we just take uh, pictures of like the different types of food we eat, and I think that that those things matter. Like I tried a red uh, velvet uh, waffle, chicken and waffle, and it was actually very good. Really? Where was that? Yes, is um I forgot. It's this place here. Uh, I can't remember the name of the place. But it's this. It's called Te- uh, Terra's Cafe. Yeah, uh, okay. Terra's Cafe, and they had red velvet waffles. I say, ooh, that sounds good. And it was like you can put chicken, chicken and waffles, and it was good. And the thing is, the <laughs> the chicken. I thought 
I thought there was going to be like chicken with like a bone in it. Mm-mm. It was like actually a chicken breast. But the way that they baked it and fried it, it looks like fried chicken, but it's a chicken breast. And chicken breast, it was juicy on top of that waffle. And then they had like a glaze and some powdered sugar. When I tell y'all that was delicious, that was scrumptious. Okay. I have to put that on the list because I'm going to be out in Charlotte next February. It is a, I can promise you, it is a lot of places here, uh, various different places, uh, to eat here. Uh, and I think that, that's one place. Um, I'm trying to think. It's a place called Zeta's, um, what is it, uh, Zeta Jane's. They're very good too. They're, they're like, I call, I call it like a hippie spot because they're, they're very hippie-ish. Um, yeah. but the food is outstanding. Every time I go there, it is really, really, really good. Um, and so, like I said, we try a, a lot of, uh, different places. One of our favorite places to eat is cowfish. It's this place called cowfish here. Um, and they do like a, a, a fusion. They do fusion. And so, uh, I tell people if you, uh, don't really, like sushi or want to start trying sushi it's a great way to introduce somebody to sushi because i i like sushi but when i take people there they have like you can get like a hamburger but it's no sushi roll so they like roll it up and your hamburgers grind and um they have like um jalapenos and things like that you can get one with uh pork pulled pork you can get one with shrimp like like so they have variations of of rolls that are like non-fish based if that makes sense and so um it's a great way to kind of get introduced to sushi so i i just like that fusion type of of feel of of that place so it's definitely uh one of our favorite uh places to go here in uh charlotte nice uh i like mertz as well i don't think i've ever tried that Oh, yeah, it's downtown. So I think you should try them. They have an amazing dessert display. Like the cakes that they have on display, um, you will definitely pause. Okay, and uh, spell that for me. M-E-R-T-I-S, apostrophe S. Okay. I will definitely uh, try it because, like I said, I'm really, really – open to like a lot like a lot of different things like i think within like the past year or so we really started getting into faux a pho. yeah mm-hmm. and so uh we've been branching out into the different types of of noodles so i started learning about the glass noodles and the buckwheat noodles and the ramen noodle i didn't know there were so many noodles y'all <laughs> and so you know but but what i realized is that the different noodles affect the taste and 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 how easy it is to chew and not chew and all this type of stuff i had um one foe that was made with stew beef and i was like stew beef i don't know y'all it was outstanding mm. now do you like to cook at home i do i do me and my husband uh both uh i think recently he started cooking a little bit more but most of the time i do the cooking so we do like the hello freshest the blue aprons because for us I, I know that that's three meals a week that we don't have to say, well, what do you want to eat tonight? I know that might sound crazy. These are three meals. You pick a card. <laughs> One, two, three. Right. You know, so, yeah. so it kind of simplifies that. But also with what I, what I realized too uh, with the, 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 um, box meals is that I wish you could get a box meal that was more southern or more black. And the reason why I said yeah. that is because a lot of these be like salt and pepper to taste. 
you'd be like um yeah. come on y'all like that you, you're not asking me to use no thine no oregano you know yeah. no cayenne pepper like like a lot of it is just based so a lot of times i'll take the meal and i end up throwing spices that i already have you know on top of it because if you actually because my husband made a mistake he actually did it just like the boxer said it's nasty and he said yes see, see yeah no you, you 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 can't follow the the directions on the box um because because it just has no flavor in it and for for my personal taste so i wish that you there was like a black food delivery service that was just as big as these people that you could actually get it and they would have like all these little spices kind of already in there for somebody that was wanted to learn how to cook soul food with simpler instructions. Yeah. So, you know, um, there actually was a guy that approached me about doing collaborating with him on that very thing a year ago, but he's, he just hasn't been able to get it off the ground. So I would encourage you to try peach dish cause that's more Southern in oh, focus. Okay. So you should check out the menus and just, you know, see if you can get a trial. I don't know if they do trials. I, I they probably do. Okay. Um, but you might want to check that one out. Yeah, and I don't know who that person is, but I wish him luck if if it if, if it goes because there are people that do it, but a lot of times it's in like a centralized area. It's like you know, it's like within the like some of the larger cities, like in D.C. or or, or L.A. But they only do in that area. It's like you can't get it across country if that makes sense. It's like I I deliver food and I cook the food, but it's only within like a certain radius. So I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm too far away, and and that's I think that's part of the disappointment. I, I, I'm too far away. Yeah. Yep. And I hear you. So what is one of the most unique things you've ever eaten before? Uh, so, wow. Um, I would have to say Kool-Aid pickles. Wow. Have you ever had a Kool-Aid pickle? No. So here's how you make a Kool-Aid pickle. And this is a delicacy in the Mississippi Delta. Uh, you get a jar of already made kosher dill pickles. Open the jar. Take the pickles out. You can either slice them or poke holes in the pickles. And then with the pickle brine, you make Kool-Aid. And so you just substitute the pickle brine for water in a Kool-Aid recipe. Add the sugar and everything. And then you put the pickles back in there. Close the jar. Leave them there for two weeks. Take them out and eat them. If you like the taste of Kool-Aid and of pickles, it's just a sweet and sour combination. If you don't like either one of those things, this is one of the nastiest things you'll ever put in your mouth. <laughs> I can't imagine. So, you know, as I was going around the country, because this was a new thing to me. So as I was going around the country, I was asking people if they've ever heard of this. And what a lot of people pointed to is that when they were little kids, they would go to the store, get those huge pickles that were sold on the jar mm-hmm. on the front counter. They would cut off the tip of the pickle or bite it off, and then they would stick a peppermint stick down the middle. One of those peppermint sticks that has the hole in the middle of it? Yes. And they would let the pickle juice dissolve the peppermint stick, and then they would suck on it. (gasps) Wow, what a combo. What a combination. Yep, and people did that with oranges and lemons as well. They kind of used the the peppermint stick as a straw. So I think it's all just part of the same thing, kind of kids doing goofy things. Uh, in some places, they didn't have the peppermint sticks, so they would put jawbreakers or Jolly Ranchers, you know, like hard candy, mm. down that pickle and suck on it. So that's thing. Um, in Los Angeles gets the prize for the weirdest soul food. So I had a soul food hamburger, and I had a Thanksgiving burger at this, pl- uh, this place that's no longer open. But here's a Thanksgiving burger. Bun, turkey patty, a layer of collard greens, a layer of cornbread dressing, 
a layer of cranberries, a layer of sweet potato, and then another whole wheat bun. Take a bite. It's Thanksgiving, you know, at Thanksgiving and a bite. Wow. How did it taste? It tasted good. Seriously, it just tasted like Thanksgiving. Wow. That's the a only thing that was yeah. The only thing flavor. that was missing is chitlins. They didn't have any chitlins on there. <laughs> they didn't have the, chit- I was, I was th- the, the gravy. <laughs> they didn't have that either. Okay, I was like, was it a dipping sauce? Yeah, because I'm thinking, wow, that's a lot of flavors happening all at the same time. Yep. And then I went to another place that had a soul food hot dog. So here's a soul food hot dog: bun, wiener, collard green and cucumber relish, sweet potato puree drizzle. Crumbled bacon bits. Slamming. I'm about to say that. Now that sounds delicious. Yep. That was really good. That sounds good. What is your favorite food event that you look forward to every year? Wow. So um, I don't go as regularly as I used to, but it's the Southern Foodways Alliance Symposium. So the Southern Foodways Alliance is an organization that celebrates the diverse food cultures of the American South. It's based at the University of Mississippi in Oxford, Mississippi. And so um, I used to serve on the board, uh, but essentially it's a three-day gathering of food enthusiasts, chefs, scholars, writers, restaurateurs, all kinds of people. To celebrate Southern food, there's usually some kind of theme, and the food is just next level at these things. Next level. Ooh, but so how do you how do you get a ticket? Like, do you purchase it? Are you invited? Well, you know, uh, you can get invited as a speaker, but otherwise, you have to sit at your computer and wait for the registration to open and just hope that you can get a ticket. Sometimes these symposia uh, fill up in like five to ten minutes. Wow! It's one of the hottest tickets out there. Wow, I bet you that probably is amazing to go to. That that, that sounds like that would be like on your your wish list of things to do. Yeah, because it's a it's it's a it's a fun gathering. You learn a lot, you experience a lot, you meet very interesting people. You have next level food, and uh, yeah, so it's just a very festive environment and occasion mixed in with some learning as well. And the organization is all about how do we come together through food. Okay. Yeah, you know, people have a lot more in common when it comes to food than we think. A lot of times it's the same things, just created differently or presented differently or made differently or the foundation of it is differently, but it all kind of ties us together. Yeah, so what's interesting is you start to learn about other people's food and say, oh, well, you know, we do something similar, but this is how it plays out in my culture or how uh, you have a common ingredient, but other groups use it differently. Correct. What is your favorite thing to eat that you don't make? Yikes. So, uh, donuts. I love me some donuts. Any particular brand or kind? I love the old fashioned, glazed old fashioned donuts. You know, that old fashioned, you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. With the, the ridges on it. Ah, okay. So is it closer to, I, I call it closer to Krispy Kreme or Dunkin'? Um, yeah, Krispy Kreme doesn't have one as far as I know, but right. they may have one, but it's, it's like a, it's a category of donut. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so that and then In-N-Out Burger. 
I, I don't I've never had that. Everybody talk, we don't have one here. At least I don't think we do. Nah, you don't. They're they're all they're on the west coast and they're in a few other states. I think they're as far east as Texas now, but they're not in several states. Uh, you probably have a, a Shake Shack, right? And they just opened like one or two here like a month or two ago. Mm. Okay. And that's a pretty good burger. They're always jumping. Yep, that's a good burger. Uh, and I get, I guess the other thing is lemon icebox pie. What is that? So imagine a key lime pie, except the custard is lemony and the crust is crushed vanilla wafers melted together with uh, melted butter, uh, with the meringue on top. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it's all, it's next level dessert. That's the one we fought over as kids. <laughs> I, I, I I could see that. What is your favorite thing to eat that you do make? So I just love eating greens and black-eyed peas. I just love those. Is there a particular way or style that you make them? Uh, so the greens that I, I make my greens, I've been doing it more with smoked turkey um, for a healthier feel, but also just at least in Colorado, I'm getting more flavor out of smoked turkey than I do out of smoked pork. Okay. Uh, which I said this at a presentation I did in Atlanta, and this guy yelled out, what's wrong with the pigs in Colorado? There's <laughs> um, nothing wrong with them. We do smoked turkey, too, and it actually is – the flavor is a different flavor, but it's a good flavor. Yep. So I usually do mustard and turnip because that's what my mother did, and um, I create a meat broth. So I put the uh, turkey, some onions, some garlic, and red pepper flakes um, in some water, boil the – turkey until it's a little tender and kind of flavors that water and then i put the greens in and let them simmer and uh, my black eyed peas similar method except i use ham hock for my black eyed peas and i add a little thyme to it as well that sounds good yeah very good what is your uh favorite food to stash from others you go this is mine and i'm not sharing Ooh, what's the circumstances now it doesn't matter the circumstance. You go, this is the food that's mine, and I'm just not going to share. Oh, wow. I'm a very sharing person, so let's just let's just say, uh, okay, this is going to sound really weird, but those yellow zingers, ah. the, yellow, the zingers with the yellow frosting, I don't have them very often, but when I come across them, I am very covetous. <laughs> I, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Like I said, and, if, and for me, and you can get them anywhere, but my thing is I love uh, peanut M&M's. It's one of my, since my, I was a child, it's one of my favorite, favorite foods. And I like to take my peanut M&M's. I like to freeze them. Freeze them? Yes. And I eat them out of the freezer cold. One of my favorite things to eat. Mm-hmm. I have never, ever heard that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I like the coldness and then it crunches. And, you know, like when you – so all the chocolate's hard and the nuts is hard. And so it's like a crunchiness to your peanut M&Ms. Okay, so I just need your permission on something. Do you mind if I throw that out on social media and mention your name? I can leave you anonymous if you want to, okay. but I just want to know if anybody else does that. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you can use my name, baby. I'm good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right i've never heard of that but i love i love peanut m&ms as well 
Yeah, and I've been doing that since I've been a kid. Like I said, it's one like you, like you say, various different things. One of my favorite things to do, uh, well, one of my favorite things to eat. What is your favorite thing to drink? Alcoholic, non-alcoholic, or both? So this has grown on me, but uh, this is something I make now. But I make a hibiscus aid. So um, it's like a hibiscus drink. So it's um, hibiscus is a flower native to West Africa. Okay. That comes to the Americas during the slave trade. And um, in West Africa, it's a hospitality drink. So if somebody's coming to your house, you get the hibiscus, add boiling water, and then sweeten to taste, and then serve that drink. And depending on the color, depending on whether you're using fresh flower petals or dried, it can range from being like a reddish cranberry color to a purple color. Mm. Um, so I think this is the the basis for red Kool-Aid because I believe red Kool-Aid is the official soul food drink. Yeah. Um, so the one I use, um, the one I make has hibiscus, water, sugar, or, you know, any kind of sweetener. I use honey, mm-hmm. ginger, and lime. Mm. And you make that drink. What you do is you boil your water, you add the flower petals, the chopped ginger and sweetener, let it come cool to room temperature, strain it, add your lime juice, and just chill it until you serve. It is an awesome drink. Oh, that sounds delicious. Sounds like something refreshing, like in like this time. This is the time of the year you would serve something like that. Exactly. And if you go to the Caribbean, they call it sorrel, and it's usually a Christmas time drink because that's when the flower blooms in the Caribbean. Mm. So, yeah, you see it all over the place. And then if you go to a taqueria and have something called Agua de Jamaica, which literally means Jamaica water, they're all drinking a West African drink. They just don't know it. Ah. Hmm. That, that, that's neat. Um, yeah, like I said, you you actually going to make me start digging. And, like, when I go to places, I'm be like, now, what is that made of? What's I'm going to start asking questions. I mean, like, like just to kind of – educate myself so i know kind of what i'm eating yeah this is gonna make me expand my food knowledge so mission I, accomplished yeah, yeah so i'm i'm really um that's why i was like i just wanted to pick your brain and uh this right here is one of my last questions and then i'll uh i'll let you go what is the worst thing you have cooked and or ate ah <laughs> uh, the worst thing wow you know nothing's really coming to mind right now Huh. So there's nothing you ate where you was like, oh, my gosh, that's, that's terrible. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I was trying to impress a woman with this. So I was trying to make a seduction dish. But I made a uh, <laughs> I made a cream of mushroom with some herb soup, and it was just way too thin. Ah. So, yeah. So uh, she was being nice about it, but I could tell that it was just not – I didn't it wasn't doing it. Did, did you not know how to thicken it? I did it because this was back when I. This was my early years of cooking. Ah, okay. so um, I didn't know all those tricks. Yeah, I had to uh, help my husband. He had did something and and it was watery. And I was like, uh, he was like, but it's water. I was like, give 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 me a few minutes. I was like, I have it thickened up in in in, in five minutes. Right. Yep. See, I didn't know those tricks. So I do know now. Yes. It has been wonderful, and it has been a delightful conversation. Which I know you're a very, very busy person. So I just thank you that you took all your knowledge and you enlightened me and enlightened my audience. And for those of you that are listening, 
please reach out to him on social media. Let him know that you have uh, found him through us. And before we leave, could you tell everybody how to reach and contact you? Sure. So my website is soulfoodscholar.com. And on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's all Soul Food Scholar, all one word. So yeah, I have a fan page, and you can follow me there. Um, and I would love to hear from folks. Um, right now, I'm working on my barbecue book, so I'm eating my way through the country. Uh, so I'm going to Memphis this weekend. But if you want to be a barbecue research assistant, just hit me up. Hey, shout out to that. Y'all Y'all listening, y'all hit him up. <laughs> So I, I thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your patience. And for everybody out there in the Black Eye Who Tips podcast land, I thank you. Y'all have a good one. And you know the motto, guys. If your lips ain't snacking, it ain't good. Bye. Hi, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the interview that I just did with Adrian Miller. I had a blast. And I'm glad y'all let us entertain you. Uh, we have the segments. I hope you guys enjoy the meals of the week, the spicy news that we had. I hope you guys also enjoyed the new theme song. There's, there's, there's a bop. There's a bop about me. I'm not going to lie. I got my own song. Hey. So, you know, I am here for that. But before we go, we want to, we actually got um comments on the page. Yeah, we got some feedback on Lips Backing Good, episode 31, Baking Camp from uh what we're gonna call the lip smackers okay y'all are lip smackers y'all are smackers and we're getting some feedback from the smackers let's get into your comments gwg says i love 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 listening to y'all talk about food well i'm glad you enjoy it yeah short and sweet yeah and we will be talking about it yes mw williamson says i really enjoyed this episode and i can't wait till you guys add the new theme song if it ain't lip smacking that song takes you back to when my mom and aunt and even grandma will have a favorite song come on when they were in the kitchen and they would be dancing around with the utensils and laughing <laughs> the jazz music that plays in between segments is also awesome karen's interview and rob reading the news is just excellent five stars all around thank Aww, you thank you i'm glad to be here and uh, be able to chip in and help yes uh and ct miss ct writes in i spoke this into existence four exclamation points <laughs> thank you karen and rob for this episode i love the descriptions you provide the new segments just the feel of the show this is my favorite premium series oh that's that's all right Woo-hoo! we're happy to be able to keep bringing it to you i know well until next time thank you so much guys for thank listening thank you we'll talk to y'all soon uh when we uh go on some more food adventures and find more people to talk to about food yes peace my smackers peace